Don't assume that free speech means the right to freely hurt people's feelings. Why would you use free speech to hurt someone when we can use free speech to bring people together? This is a time for true unity. What if free speech revealed that we are more united than they'd ever dare imagine? It's time to break free. Rumble. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is a human. We have come to take our country back. We're also worried that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go, Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. late night you know what I'm saying for the late night Twitter Twitter do you think that the threads app will have censorship probably of course that's one of the main reasons I would never sign up for that do you agree with censorship at no, all I don't know it's supposed to be free speech so why are you trying to censor people so your team Elon I'm team free speech yeah. hey baby let me see it I just want to eat it baby let me see it hey welcome back to inside four walls give me just one second here here we go. Cool. Hey, welcome back. Twitter threatens to sue Meta for misappropriation of trade secrets over Thread app. Now, there's a lot about Thread. It's been live for barely 24 hours. A little bit of context. A lot of the episodes that went up yesterday 
We actually recorded the day before, but due to some ongoing computer issues I've been having, um, plus going back to work and reworking my schedule a little bit, I'm having a harder time getting uh, uh, as many uploads as I want done. But oh well, so be. I'll figure it out. That being said, a real quick little ha- bit of housekeeping. My computer, it's a 2009 uh, Apple desktop. I uh, I called a couple computer stores in my area to ask them if they could fix it. There's only two, and one, no one answered, so I left a voicemail. The second one, I talked to this guy, and I'm pretty sure I just have a inordinate amount of dust and debris build up inside this computer and he said on the phone point blank with all the confidence in the world oh well that can't be the problem because dust build up inside of a computer doesn't cause overheating what I know next to nothing about computers and even I fucking know that that's bullshit so I hope the other one gets a hold of me that being said Let's get into this. Quote, you may deactivate your thread profile at any time, but your thread profile can only be deleted by deleting your Instagram account. We have two articles to get into. Article by C.G. Jones. It's a cool name. July 6, 2023. Elon Musk's Twitter has reportedly threatened to sue Meta over its new threads app. Claiming the social media rival used Twitter's trade secrets to create the app. In a Wednesday letter to Meta's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, obtained by Semifer, a lawyer for Twitter, said that the company, quote, has serious concerns over, serious concerns that the Meta platform has engaged in systematic, willful, and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter trade secrets over other intellectual property. Oh my god, this would be great. They duke it out in the ring and in the court. A battle on two fronts, folks. I love it. We will also show you, I'll also show you Mark Zuckerberg's uh, rather uh, whack-ass meme. Let's get into it. And I am the god of whack-ass memes. Look at my thumbnails. Side note, the thumbnails that have my logo in the corner are the ones I've made. The ones that don't are not ones that I've made. That's all. The letter stated that Meta has hired dozens, quote, dozens of former Twitter employees over the past year, adding that, quote, Twitter knows that these employees previously worked at Twitter, that these employees had and continue to have access to Twitter's trade secrets and other highly confidential information. Well, that answers the question of where all the Twitter employees went. At least some of them, that these employees owe ongoing obligations to Twitter, and that many of these employees have improperly retained Twitter documents and electronic devices. Interesting. We covered a lot about this. So, in the first 48 hours of has been a while since we covered it, when Elon Musk first announced that he was taking over Twitter. People had to be detained and removed from the building because they were rushing to shut down and destroy the servers and to start smashing stuff. Another person got arrested for having a bag full of magnets or something, if I remember correctly. It has been a minute, but a lot of crazy, wonky sabotage attempts happened, and some succeeded. Quote, quote, 
With that knowledge, Meta deliberately assigned these employees to develop, in a matter of months, Meta's copycat Threads app with the specific, specific intent that they use Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual properties in order to accelerate the developing, development of Meta's competing app in violation of both state and federal laws as well as those employees' ongoing obligations to Twitter. Meta just released Threads, an alternative to Elon Musk's Twitter and Wednesday evening. Opening uh, Wednesday evening opening with mixed reviews, including some users complaining that the algorithmic feed is not for them, per Mashable. But the fine print of the new app suggests that it can only be deleted if the user decides to delete their entire Instagram profile. Hence why I decided not to make a Threads app, by the way, or a Threads profile. It appears that it's not possible to temporarily download the app and deleted if users if the user doesn't like it threads supplemental privacy policy reads quote you may deactivate your threads profile anytime but your threads profile can only be deleted by deleting your instagram account wild i don't know if that was a bug or a feature i'm assuming it had to be a feature right because i i i uh they were doing somewhere uh, on Twitter, I saw a comment when I was scrolling through some conversations about it. And someone said maybe it was a feature that they couldn't fix in time for, for the release. No, I think it was meant to be like a fine. You can delete it, but you can't actually get rid of the uh, your your profile or the app itself until you, you know, re- remove your, face, your Instagram, which is something people have more connection to. But with Instagram recently being connected to a huge, huge CP ring of like online sellers and dealers of child exploitation material. I just don't know why anyone wants to keep using Twitter. Like uh, I've briefly posted to the, or uh, I don't know why people would want to keep using Instagram. My apology. So like, I don't even really use my Instagram. I've thought about it. Like I could, but I don't get the setup. I don't enjoy its mobile setup, but like the whole having to swipe all the way over to like the left or whatever the fuck and then like on the computer one with a certain like frame bit and resolution and size and video limits just not my kind of thing so i've never really got the appeal of it and even now with like as much shady shit as just came out about instagram you guys probably shouldn't be using it either but hey no fucking dirt off my back if you do twitter users emily huges Tweeted, quote, I deactivated my Threads account uh, already, but it turns out you can't delete your Threads account without also deleting your Instagram account. So maybe just don't sign up. Yep. Another Twitter user posted, quote, definitely not interested in Threads. I'm weary of any profile that makes you link regardless, but seems you can only delete Threads if you're prepared to lose your Instagram account. Yeah, right here. Deactivate your Threads profile. Threads app for Android and iPhone. Tap the pr- little person emoji here in the bottom right to give uh, of your profile. Tap the whatever that is, the menu button in the top right. Oh, that's all it shows. Okay. While deactivating Threads does mean that users won't be able to see a user's content, 
all content from the deactivated profile will still reside on the app server, according to the report. Well, duh. I mean, no offense, but kind of duh, right? Of course they would. They retain it anyway. Your incognito tab is retained by Google. I hate to tell you. Like, yeah, of course. Even they tell you they don't, they absolutely would. It's like when they say Operation Mockingbird ended. No, no, it didn't. It's rebranded. You know, Love Int is just rebranded. All these government psyop shit from like. We all have the MK Ultra shit. It's still going. It's just rebranded and, uh. <laughs> they tell you it's over, but. No, just. Renamed. Slightly worked differently. But. Same shit, different day. And I say that because, never forget, Facebook. Really early on at Harvard, I got a lot of investments from the CIA and other alphabet agencies. And then, something I talked about the other day with the Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg video. This app came to life very quickly. For no reason whatsoever, seemingly. So I'm just kind of curious, why and how? Because he worked so hard to get meta off the ground, and that's failing hard like hardcore failing and on top of all that they're doing layoffs they're firing people they're having to rework contracts they're having an issue with leakers and whistleblowers pardon me one second here a plane stick on in the background so you know ah. drinking a good nos my favorite anyway it just seems like this app comes out at a really suspicious time. The state is pushed out of Twitter. They lose that one very influential mouthpiece. All these other apps come up and fail, shut down, try to compete with Twitter just to get sunk and don't work out in the end. And then Zuckerberg, who struggles to get anything up and off the ground, he's very successful, don't get me wrong, but he seems to struggle with a lot of areas when it comes to getting his websites and shit working and off the ground. And, you know, just not being shady as shit. Just to launch this Threads counter. And it's, I don't know, it glows in the dark, essentially is what I'm trying to say here. On the app server, according to the report, posts can only be deleted from the servers. From these servers, if the user deletes each of the Threads posts individually, one by one. Ooh. Furthermore, Threads won't allow a user to change their username unless... They do so on Instagram as well. The post noted that this might this might be okay if a user applies the same tone across platforms, but it could be a problem if users wanted to use threads professionally while keeping Instagram more personal affair. Ugh. I don't really like Instagram, but I've already stated this. Twitter uses... Whoa. Tiny Baject Cutie? Okay. Tweeted, quote, My issue is with threads is how you can't change your username without changing your Instagram username. Why? I don't want everybody knowing my government name. Well, let me... Hold on. Alright, never mind. I just wanted to check something uh, not, not related to this. Anyway, moving on. Mashable reported that, quote, part of the appeal of, of having different social media accounts is that they enable us to curate various online personas. 
that cater to different uh, facets of ourselves. Well, yeah, unless you're particularly edgy or attention-seeking, you're not going to post into the dark shit. It's all curtailed to make you look either super cool, edgy, whatever. But, like, the idealistic version of yourself you want out there. Again, it's not genuine, so I just, I don't know, maybe I just... Maybe I'm just weird for that being, a, a, like, a wall of entry for me. Anyway, head of Instagram, Adam Missouri, wrote in a thread post, quote... I've been getting some questions about deleting your account. To clarify, you can deactivate your Threads account, which hides your Thread profile and content. You can set your profile to private, and you can delete individual Thread posts, all without deleting your Instagram account. Threads is powered by Instagram, so right now it's just one account. But we're looking into a way to delete your Threads account separately. Alright, so again, perhaps there's something to be said about it being like an... Uh, a, a glitch but I think it's they're getting flack and again we have another article to get into after this that's the end of this article anyway so let's hop over here right so if you want a, a, a bit more of a longer form article with a lot of the same information plus pictures the New York Post is happy to assist you much longer article so we will get into that we're really just going to watch this one video here all right, is it time to move over Twitter because Meta's arrival app threads officially launched last night? It's available now to download. So what can users expect? Should Twitter be worried about the competition? Well, Deputy Executive Editor and Insiders UK Bureau, Ashona Ghosh is joining us now. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. Morning. So I downloaded the app morning. last night. It's a little buggy, I think, on the, uh, the get-go last night. What have you found so far? Yeah, same as you, a tiny bit buggy, but I think what's very interesting about threads is um, how similar it looks to Twitter. If you want to replicate a Twitter-like experience um, and find your friends, people you know, celebrities to follow very quickly, it's pretty much all there. You can tell that Facebook or its parent company, Meta, has been working quite hard in the background over the last week to, to make it happen. And yes, I absolutely think Twitter should be worried yeah. uh, by this new competitor, not least because it's very closely tied to Instagram, a platform that has one billion users, is super popular. Okay, so this noting here right uh just building upon my conspiracy theory here so with how entrenched in the development of twitter the fbi and all these glowing agencies were we found out through the twitter files and over the control and censor censorship and moderation of these said platforms i uh i can't help but wonder Perhaps the reason why Meta is so similar in format, structure, and looks to the point where this lawsuit's even being potentially brought forward is because the feds are just doing what they do best and they're replicating what they know works. So they're trying to build something that they think works. So why a lot of their ideas today work fail because they try to bring outdated ideas to a modern society so more and more of their shit gets caught and exposed quicker and quicker. And by the time they start changing their methods, we've already moved on a little bit. Again, stay optimistic. Um, and it's going to be a very easy move for Instagram's user base to sort of roll over onto threads um, using their same credentials. So, yes, if I was Twitter, I'd be very, very worried right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you essentially, you just uh, yeah. you open the account and you just drag everything over from your Instagram account. It will be dead go. uh, And a, a lot of the posts, years, initial posts tops. were like, okay, Twitter, like, this is what we've got for you. We're coming at you. Do you think in the long run that it will serve as a replacement or is it something that will kind of work parallel with Twitter? Because stupid and stubborn. 
or because it glows. Yeah, so I think it's very rare for any one social network to ever replace what comes before it. Um, so even if you think about Facebook, a platform that was, was very popular in the mid-2000s and is still very popular in many markets and different demographics, but it's, it's kind of lost yeah. its core user base yeah. of college students, younger people. Um, they've all moved over to another Facebook-owned platform, which is, of course, Instagram, of course, other platforms like TikTok and Inst um, Snapchat. But, you know, Instagram is not as such a replacement for Facebook. So I wouldn't necessarily see threads as ever directly replacing Twitter, for example. I don't know that I see threads being the kind of breaking news platform that Twitter currently is. However, I could see it as, as replacing that conversational way that you speak to friends, people you know that you do on Twitter in that very open and public way that I could see being a replacement function. So I think for the most part, the two services will exist side by side, but I think in terms of amount of time used and probably user base, threads will probably very quickly overtake Twitter, I think. I, I think you just made an excellent point because the one thing that I noticed right- Doubt it, big fucking doubt. Remember the face of these two people, this Eric Swalwell looking chill. And this Alexandrio Ocasio Khalifa looking woman. They're both wrong. I bet on it. Right away. Uh, comparing it to Twitter is the timeline, while it looks similar, it's set up different. It's an algorithm based timeline. It's not necessarily a real time based timeline, which I think a lot of people still like Twitter for the breaking news if you want to follow it for that and the up to date information. So with the algorithm, I got to be honest with you. I'm being very careful who I follow right now from the early days because I don't want to. I don't want to mess up who gets suggested to me and what I see moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, that the feed on Threads, if if anyone downloads the app and looks at it, it feels quite chaotic. Actually, it's um, you know, you're not just limited to to seeing content from people you follow, which is true on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and lots of other apps. It's it's sort of closer to TikTok in functionality. Lots of so a bunch of random fucking SOBs that you don't care to engage with. You have no say in whatsoever. You just get randomly fed tons and tons of fucking content. No thanks. Random stuff from creators will populate your feed. Um, and the idea, of course, behind that is to keep you sucked in for longer because there's lots of famous people who are very good at posting on social media on there and, and sort of injecting their content into your eyeballs, as it were. So it's, it's definitely an engagement metric while the service ramps up. It sounds like the company is working on a way for you to just follow content from pe you know people you actually want to follow as opposed to everyone on threads but for now it's a very sort of hectic place but it it, it makes the app feel very populated um and I, you know again i think that's something twitter as much as it got it does have breaking news functions has again maybe failed to do is to sort of keep people coming back for more um in a really consistent way its algorithm is not quite as strong i think so that's another strength of facebook that, that threads leans on well if threads is here now we'll see how it goes and how it's adapted it's getting a ton of feedback no doubt about it we'll see what the creators do with that shauna thank you so very much for joining us shauna Ghosh is the executive editor at insiders uk yeah that's the problem insiders uk if you want to read it, this article will be in the description below. It's essentially the video you just watched. A lot of being like, yeah, this app, it's like Facebook. But with like a Twitter look to it, it's going to be great. Facebook's dying though. This app has a lot of content on it. You can follow a lot of people, but... 
You gotta be careful who you follow from now on on Instagram because if you follow them on Instagram that you just want to follow Instagram, you're also gonna follow them on over on Threads, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big app, big app. You know it, the the timeline's great. It's full of a lot of content creators, tons mostly ones you had no interest in or look up, ones you didn't seek out, ones that were just kind of thrust upon you. By a company that's controlled by the government, which likes to push basically mind-controlling agendas on people. To be a great app. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. And Debatable says, anything that comes from the government-controlled meta Facebook, Instagram is going to be a trap or worse. Have people learned nothing in three years? Try a year and a half. Will L., Clearly, they have not. Quick draw Baldwin. Ooh. DARPA Lifelog. Aimed to compile a massive electronic database of every activity and relationship a person engages in. It was taken down on launch day of Facebook. Facts. Actually, facts. Amy... Shethulu says, I do not see a need for threads. Twitter is alright. Facebook gets enough of my data as it is. Jack Torres, it's made for liberals who want a heavily censored echo chamber where different opinions aren't permitted. Un- <laughs> unconfusednews.com, shout out to unconfusednews.com. Leaving Twitter out of the equation, why would anyone want to use a Facebook chatting app knowing that Facebook... It works with big gov, big media to censor the ideas they disapprove of. Woke a joke says nothing sweeter than nothing sweeter to a patriot than the taste of liberal tears. God bless America. Quick draw Baldwin says, bro, that's their gender fluid leaky. <laughs> nah. There's like a lot of tranny fluid really to take a piss. I guess that counts. Theodore Johnson, I guess if you pull the th- pull the thread app, Meta completely falls apart. Lol, punny. Uh, Base Diam, last two we're going to read here, says, It's easy to get your Threads account deleted. Just start praising Trump, and in no time, your account will be vaporized. Good point. Get your packet. Yeah, just say he won the 2020 election, and you'll be out in no time for spreading baseless conspiracy theories. Except for on YouTube. It's just I don't know what will be banned on YouTube tomorrow and which ones and what will be allowed on YouTube today. So I just don't post on YouTube very often. Hopping over here to the last article we're going to read for this. Conservative users rage for 30 million ad thread, uh, ad thread app on day one. By This is over here at Newsweek with a center bias and a high factuality rating. By Elia... Salisco on July 6, 2023, and it has been updated. The successful launch of Meta's Twitter killer, big quotes around that one, app is not sitting well with some conservative Twitter users who have pledged their allegiance to self-proclaimed free speech absolutes Elon Musk. Yeah, something he's absolutely not. CEO Mark Zuckerberg said on Tuesday morning that a staggering 30 million users 
had already signed up for Threads less than 24 hours after it was launched. While it is not clear how many users intended to stop using Twitter in favor of Threads, some vowed never to return to the platform that Musk bought last year. Twitter has recently been in a in the defensive after experiencing an avalanche of criticism since Musk's, Musk's takeover. The chaos increased last week when the platform announced the users would be limited to a number of tweets viewed, particularly for accounts that are not paying for Musk's paid blue check verification subscription service. Yeah, the uh, data limit one. It's a retarded fucking move. Uh, it doesn't phase me. It doesn't look great. Because remember, by now, we were supposed to have this incredible X app. We don't have that incredible X app. So, something's not right on the Twitter sphere. But shock horror, right? Twitter is still a funner app, and more people engage with it than, you know, Facebook, any of their properties. Almost immediately after Thread started, conservatives loyal to Musk. The wording... I don't think conservatives are necessarily loyal to anyone. Now, yes, there is the Cult 45 and all that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you that. But, buddy, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I, I think the people who give Elon Musk the most shit that actually gets under his skin are probably the conservatives. Go ahead. Go give him enough shit about China. You might, I mean, you're going to get fucked with, but you're definitely going to start seeing more people giving you rage shit comments. So you're should probably getting promoted in some direction, one way or another. Maybe that's just my experiences. But yeah, that, his uh, Silicon connections to China, I know he's doing that, that plant here, but the way he praises China over on WeChat or MeWe, or that CCP owned communications app is, is insane. Almost immediately after Thread started, conservatives loyal to Musk began to complain that they were being censored on the rival app, which is linked to Meta's Instagram, and adheres to the same moderation policy. Zuckerberg has dubbed it a friendly public space for conversation. Now, mind you, but it adheres to the same uh, terms of service that uh, <laughs> that Instagram does. It's the same terms of service that allowed child pornography to be propagated sold and capitalized with money going into instagram for because remember anything sold using the instagram market exchange whatever the fuck they get a transaction fee meaning mark zuckerberg directed directly profited off child trafficking and child exploitation and cp keep that in mind it's like uh when they're like no we didn't it's the same argument as like Look, the government was not paying for this, right? It was just a government-subsidized grant. And it's like, all right, well, where did the government get the grant money or the money for the grant to begin with? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like your government falls apart because at some point if it came from them. There, it's taxpayer involved. And right here, it's like, well, you know, Zuckerberg says because you know the app says they get the small transaction fee when you buy shit over the, over the Instagram app. And with what we were, what we recently found out with the whole CP gate, that means Zuckerberg profited off this uh, sensitive, exploitative content. Yikes! Quote. Oh, right here from DC Drano. Just downloaded and signed up for the new Meta app, Threads, meant to. <laughs> 
immediate uh meant to intimidate twitter i posted once about wanting to expose biden's corrupt government and they've already flagged me for censorship great platform zuck damn 20 seconds in you got zucked by the cuck look at this we are alive now the threads are exposed by corrupt one right now it says now it says our uh, right here says are you sure you want to follow dc drano this account has repeatedly posted false information that Re that has that was reviewed by independent fact checkers, which are commonly owned by Facebook and operated through Facebook, actually, or went against our community guidelines. Immediately, right off the bat, multiple posts denouncing President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden remain online uh, at DC Drano's Threads page at the time of publication, alongside other posts complaining about the complaining of censorship. Former President Donald Trump's social media platform, True Social, cited and su uh, supposed censorship of at DC Dr supposed censorship of at DC Drano as evidence that Threads is quote big tech censorship tool. In an email obtained by Newsweek, quote, in true big tech fashion, Threads began censoring conservatives within a few hours of launching. The email reads, quote, Threads already looks just like another big tech censorship tool, but Rest assured that True Social will always be a haven for free speech. Eh, you can get you you can get shit on 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 True Social. I haven't yet, but you can. I I've heard you get thirty day strikes and stuff on on True Social too. Quote: Conser Conservatives need a unified response to threads, at <laughs> and the well funded effort to extinguish free speech in America. Tweeted the former Trump advisor Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller right here. Conservatives just need a unified response to threads and the well-funded effort to extinguish free speech in America. Yep. Quote, Imagine leaving Twitter. The most free speech platform on the internet owned and operated by one of the greatest free speech advocates of our time. Yeah, we're talking about Twitter here. Twitter and threads, not gab. Sorry. You should be looking into Gab. That's your argument here. Uh, of our time to move to Threads, an app that is already engaging in censorship of conservatives on day one. Conservative commentator Benny Johnson tweeted, quote, do not use hashtag meta threads tweeted at BP Alanov, quote, it's already censoring conservatives on day one of its release. Thank you at Elon Musk for leaving the tr hashtag truth and freedom Paint, uh, playing field, never touching anything. Hashtag Mark Zuckerberg create uh, Zuckerberg creates again. Uh, the hashtags are really schizophrenic. Right here from Darren Grimes. Facebook thread is already censoring conservatives' voices on its platform, asking users if they are sure they want to follow conservatives because of, quote, disinformation. We must keep the blue bird of freedom alive at Elon Musk. Right here from Righteous Crusader at Craftmasta. Zuckerberg can keep his new Threads platform. That, or, uh, platform. The fact of the matter will never trump. Ha ha ha. Twitter because free speech is king. Follow, uh, f the free flow of inf While Elon has shown a... Sorry, I lost my for a second. Has shown a commitment to upholding free speech... Following the information, Mark Zuckerberg suppresses stories, throttles users, and censors the voices of... Hopping over here real quick. 
and censors the voices of people with the wrong opinion. No thanks. Give a like. Give a retweet. Nice. Hopping back over here. Uh, quote, while Elon has shown a commitment. I already read that. The Twitter CEO, Linda Yaccarino, responded to launch a thread by tweeting that the public square of Twitter is, quote, often in, uh, intimidated, but can never be duplicated. Imitated, sorry. I did see the ad first. Quote, often intimidated, but can never be duplicated and is irreplaceable. Twitter CEO... Linda Yaccarino responded to the launch of threads by tweeting that, quote, public square of Twitter is often imitated, but never du- but never can be duplicated, and is irreplaceable. Other users disagreed, arguing that threads offered a better experience than Twitter since Musk's purchase. Sure, you just don't like losing arguments. Quote, threads is way better, and, oh, right here, from Brett... Mesithalus? BM Athletalis. And it's on Twitter. What a rough name. Threads is way better, and the best part of the Twitter community are already over there. You probably shouldn't have driven your users away. Uh, I don't know. Have you guys used Threads? What do you think? Someone's gonna be like, I don't use either because I'm a Chad. Bet. Good for you, bud. You've touched many much grass. Quote, calling it threads. Uh, right here. From Chris Franz at France Fries. Ha 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 ha. Calling it. Threads will surpass Twitter. Ooh, MAU in 30 days. Will it now? We'll see. Uh, weird things have happened in life, but I don't believe you're accurate on this one. It's a better app. No spam, no ads, so no money. How's it making money? There's no ads. What are you talking about? I'm not going to make it uh, in a profile to go look, but if there's no ads, how's it making money? Anyway, an actual trust and safety team and everyone ex- uh, except the crypto grifters are on it. 500M. MAU in 30 days. I don't know what MAU is. Moving on, quote... Here's one way Threads already is superior to Twitter. Quote, This will also block any other accounts they may have created or create in the future. So auto-blocking in the future? How does that work? And if people really want to get to you, is that like, an, is that like a VPN thing? Do you use VPNs to track you down? Okay, what if somebody just uses a VPN? Or do they use IP addresses to like block you? Okay, what if you use a VPN? Like again, you just don't know much about uh, about tech, do you, Julie DiCaprio? Uh, DiCario? All right, but still, your argument is I can block them, meaning you have no further arguments to type or articulate. Your final response is uh, I surrender, but fuck you. Got it. There's a reason why when I get blocked, I will just post a screenshot of the thing saying I'm blocked and say, lol, bye, pussies. Twitter lawyers Alex Spiro sent a letter to Zuckerberg threatening to sue over the, uh, over, uh, sue over threads on Thursday, 
claimed that the platform hired ex-Twitter employees to, quote, continue to have access to Twitter's trade secrets and other highly confidential information, Musk tweeted. Competition is fine. Cheating is not. Yeah, agreed. And the best part is, like, if it's not true, let the battle happen. If Zuck can't win the battle, Zuck can't win the battle. If Musk can't win the battle, Musk can't win the battle. Let him duke it out, you know? Meta spokesperson Andy Stone disputed the claim in a Threads in a Threads post, writing that, quote, No one on the Threads engineering team is a former Twitter employee. That's just not a thing. We'll see. Let's see if the court let's see if the lawsuit goes anywhere, and let's see if this fist fight goes anywhere. Cash these hands one way or a fucking other. While Musk said that he would bring a neutral and fair moderation policies to Twitter, he has received repeated criticisms for adopting new policies seemingly favoring uh, seemingly favor conservatives since taking over the platform, while also urging users to vote for Republicans. No, he said he was going to vote for a Republican for the first time ever, by the way. Not the same. Uh, 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 is, is it such a hard thing? To, this is an outlet that says it's center biased. Is it such a hard thing to grasp the idea that, I don't know, you don't need to do what other people say and or have other people say what you believe to validate your opinions? You can argue and articulate your views until you can't. At that point, you either decide you're comfortable with walking away or you double down. It's completely up to you either way you go, but get fucking realistic here. Like, let's continue on. This last, these, this, these last two paragraphs are just schizoid rage. And it's a good way to end on it. For adopting policies, platform while urging users to vote Republican and denouncing so-called woke politics. Uh, politics. On his own Twitter page, Musk announced last month that his platform would consider the word cis, an academic term meaning not transgender, a slur. Alright, homo. I'll play your fucking game. I'll play it happily, homo. Let's do it. Fuck it. You call me cis, I'm going to call you a fucking homo. Deal. We, we, we are on the same page here. This is neutral grounds. Your terms are acceptable. Any argument that allows me to use slurs and justify it will always have my agreement. Uh, not transgender, a slur. Anthony Andrew Lieb told Newsweek at the time that Musk was tight was quote trying to jump into into a culture war and create controversy. He owns the culture war, my man. He owns Twitter. He owns where the conversation is. Every one of these blue lefty apps that has come up, has failed, died. Or, like, Mastodon started ejecting people because you're weird, creepy pedophiles. So, we'll see who's here in five years. If there's even a here in five years. I think there will be. Moving on. Quote, trying to jump into culture war controversy. To integrate himself with the anti-woke users and help... Twitter as a business. How would having these views help Twitter as a business? 
before the boycott happened, he was already doing a lot of these anti-woke things, and he's a dad. He's talking about how population is important to him, how we need to repopulate, we need to have more kids than ever. And when the left is the ones pushing the, oh, don't have a kid, it's going to hurt the climate. Oh, well, if you have a kid, you should put him on puberty blockers. Oh, if you have a kid, you should cross-dress him. Make him read pornographic material. Have him look at these creepy-ass books. Have him go on Grindr. Because, again, look, they're fighting to have This Is Gay, a book that teaches kids how to use Grindr in schools. So, you know, you have this this one political ideology just happens to be pushing this uh, self-destructive, you know, population-controlled-type viewpoint the guy who's already having the opinion that humans need to have more kids than ever it's probably gonna be hostile towards that now if you guys don't mind i am going to change the brightness here in three two one now let's check out these three comments shall we from perspective with i'm sure the best perspective I can't tell blatant lies on threads. I can't win arguments on Twitter. Good for you, bud. CCGK says, It'll turn out that 25 plus million of those new accounts are bots based. And then the whiners that are, quote, leaving Twitter are already complaining on Twitter that they can't post porn on threads. <laughs> really? I don't doubt it. A lot of the porn and social justice warrior crowd, at least the older ones, were the porn kids on Tumblr like 10 years ago. Rainbow Bright. Oh, God, this fucking name. How's this going to go? There's that word again. Don't any of you Zoomers have a thesaurus? Okay, Boomer. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your James Madison. And uh, that's... What is this? That's wild. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your James Madison. And uh, I'll fucking keckle with you guys later. Go, yell. July, I went and saw The Sound of Freedom. And so did many of you. Now, when I went and saw it in the theater, it was probably only uh, 30-ish percent filled. Like, every row had a couple couple to a few people in it. It wasn't like a packed house, maybe just under half. But, you know, 
The audience was very audibly engaged. You heard gasps, you heard crying, you heard people talking. And then at the end, I'll throw it up actually. You know what? I'm going to throw it up uh, the picture I took of it because I threw it up. I took a picture of it. I meant to post it. Uh, of a barcode, a little, a little QR scanner that will help you get tickets. And uh, it, it, the way they are explaining it sounds like they also have set aside a thing for free tickets that people can get occasionally to see this movie. So I'll throw that up at the end of this episode. But it's a very engaging movie. It doesn't... It honestly kind of strikes at... It hits you sort of like... Uh, you know, I don't mean to blow smoke up your ass here, right? So it kind of hits you as like one of those Daily Wire type films. But really, really well done. And it's not a christian film necessarily there's a lot like there's a few references to christianity like a couple like the two times he says god's children are not for sale and there's a like i believe one prayer scene remember correctly that's kind of it that's kind of it and it's not even like a really a prayer scene it's just him having a little couple seconds to himself and they show it for more dramatic effect the movie isn't really pushing Christianity on anyone. It's a, It focuses exclusively on this is who Tim is. This is his story. This is how we got into saving, like, busting of these human traffickers. How we got into Operation Underground Railroad and his origins and this program's origins. That's really what it focuses on. Christianity happened to be part of his life, so of course it gets a little feature in the movie. I highly recommend you guys go see it. That being said, in... So everyone was writing about how Indiana Jones, in a five-day weekend, Indiana Jones finally made money. Good for it. In two and a half days, not even, Sound of Freedom, a film that was rejected by studio after studio, made on a shoestring budget, reclaimed its budget, and then blew past Indiana Jones in the box office. Now, mind you, Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford's fucking swan song. And Harrison Ford and, and Indiana Jones is just Steven Spielberg's punching Nazi fantasies. That's all it is. That's all it fucking is. Steven Spielberg in interviews be like, I love archaeology. I'm super into history. It's a self-insert. It's a fanfic. That's why every movie, punch a Nazi. Indiana Jones is the universal symbol for punching Nazis, which, theoretically, I don't have a problem with punching Nazis. You know, should the Nazi walk up to me, assault me, or someone I care about, you know, put hands on me. But, uh, if someone has that views, me and them, you know, they, they remain chill. We'll probably have an uh, interesting conversation where we deeply disagree with each other on many topics, but we'll still slam a pint or two afterwards. However, indeed, uh, Harrison Ford, in a recent interview, which I'll throw at the beginning or the end of this episode, said, India. Indiana, he was asked, would Indiana Jones punch a Nazi? And he goes, would Indiana Jones punch a Nazi? I'll push you out of the way to punch him myself. He's an old man. He's doddering. I thought it was fucking ridiculous when he came out as Han Solo. And I thought the best part about that, the smartest move was to kill off Han Solo in that movie. Just because it was such an old character, what more could you fucking do with this actor? Wash it has been. Harrison Ford's great. Tons of great movies, but... He's not really in great stuff anymore. He's one of these old fogies that's right on his name alone. Same thing with De Niro. You know, they're not turning out grade A material anymore. It's just... They're just all, uh... All the... Oh, what's his fucking name? 
They're all Marlon Brando's. At the beginning of Marlon Brando's career, he was one of the greatest actors at the time. By the end of his career, he was one of the most lazy, phoned in, constantly leeched off his fucking name, and people just wanted to say they were in a movie with him. So it worked for him. But with the internet, that mystique of fame is really rubbing off. And more people are seeing it as like being uh, working somewhere long enough and becoming the manager of the place you worked at for a long time. That's how people are seeing becoming a content creator, at least I am. Let's get into it after all this monologuing. This is a hit to Hollywood's gatekeeping model. Faith-based producers of Sound of Freedom laud conservative backers for a movie about one man's quest to save children from sex traffickers as it beat Indiana Jones at the box office. Now, I know people who are leftists who really liked this movie. I know people who are leftists who don't want to see the new Indiana Jones film. So, we'll see. Conservative backers, yes. Conservative audience, it actually seems pretty mixed, fairly. This seems to be break, breaking through and reaching a lot of people on both sides of the aisle. There's a lot of people on the left giving it good reviews. There's a lot of people on the right giving it great reviews. And there's a lot of people who, you know, centrist-ish, really, really adore it. But everybody, wait to hear what Movie Bob has to fucking say about it. Right, guys? No, no one cares. Uh, three points here. The film was distributed by Angel Studios, a Utah-based company that specializes in faith-friendly content. They actually had ads for other movies that they got coming out, and they all kind of look good. I'm not going to lie. And it's an American-based production company that worked and filmed right here in the States. Love it. I live in Michigan, and Rick Snyder passed a tax uh, law that killed the film industry here. Uh, in the late 2010s and early 2010s, or sorry, late 2000s to early 2010s, uh, Michigan, mainly Detroit and areas around Detroit, were uh, getting more and more films filmed in it. It was becoming a big hub for filmmaking. Uh, it had kind of been on the rise since the 80s to film in, in Michigan in various parts. It just really started to kick over that point. And the government at the time passed a tax thing uh, i can't remember what the exact regulations on it were but it forced production companies to pay tons and tons and extra taxes to film in michigan that they just up packed up and left and it really and it really hurt because it was one of the things that was trying to ha- that was starting to kind of help detroit recover a little bit because there's excess money that even the corrupt politicians were like oh finally we can film some potholes but it just it, it emptied a lot of people out when they left it was a shame so, you know, make taxation theft again. Its July 4th debut earned $14 million beating the latest big-budget Indiana Jones installment. The That was in its July 4th debut earned. Just July 4th. It is now, it is now July 7th, 2023. I can only imagine how much money is raked in. This is actually a fairly new article. It was updated last night, you know, particularly late, too. The heads of Angel Studios says that their crowdfunding model created a community of brought-in supporters who all but guaranteed a successful release by Sophie Mann for Daily Mail. The movie studio behind the distribution of Surprise Smash Sound of Freedom 
says its success re uh, repudiates the model of Hollywood's gatekeeping, which kept the low-budget thriller about the global child trafficking trade out of theaters for nearly a decade. Angel Studios, Jesus, Angel Studios, a distribution company based in Provo, Utah, released Sound of Freedom on July 4th to a $14 million theatrical debut, besting Disney, Lucasfilm, and the most recent Indiana Jones film released for, uh, released and forcing Hollywood to look twice at both the film and its director, or, and its distributor, my apologies. Which is really interesting because I, uh, I, uh, I hadn't really heard much about it. I'd seen talks on YouTube, you know, I listened to, like, Neurotic. Uh, I follow, like, you know, movie channels, too. I don't just want to listen to politic content creators, you know. I, I work morning shifts, so I got a lot of time to have one headphone in. <laughs> but I listen to, like, Critical Drinker, uh, and, like, their shows. I listen to a lot of, like, that kind of ethosphere. You know, I'll slip in, and I'll admit this. I know it's like saying you like Nickelback, but I unironically enjoy The Nostalgia Critic. I'm a 25-year-old man, and I enjoy the Nostalgia Critic. Go fuck yourselves. I don't care if you don't like him. Now that you're with Juario, that's a different story, and that's never sat right with me, but I like him. Go back to a different time period. The film, which was once passed on by Disney. Oh, Disney passed on a film about child exploitation? Ah, I wonder why. Uh, stars Jim Caviezel, a.k.a. Jesus, from uh, Mel Gibson's film. In the thriller about child sex trafficking. Quote, we're so excited about the box office success. But what what that number actually represents is awesomeness, said Jordan Harmon, who co-founded Angel Studios along with his three brothers. Let's check out the trailer real quick. Have you ever wanted to build your own bottle of whiskey? No. Let's get into it. I do love the way they went between like security camera footage and like acting, like real stuff. How you feel? Giving a child his freedom. So good. You have been at this for twelve years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. You have failed to bring me one real world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up. And come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. South of that room, you saw rebel territory. No one goes through. What if this is your daughter? So 
she's gone. change this world so we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help let's make this film a historic event and the start the end of child trafficking theaters across this country are already selling out pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that god's children are no longer for sale Corny as hell, but that should get that that did hit me a little bit. Let's let's get into the article. It's a genuinely very good movie. It it, it tugs. There are there are times where Jim Caviezel comes off a little cardboardy, but look for the last handful of handfuls of years and years and years and years, we've dealt with a creepy pedophilic Hollywood that has built itself upon the bones of children, and now we have a cultural pushback. And a film leading that charge is a film shining a light on the very thing so many Hollywood producers, actors, directors, writers, and so many other people in that sphere have benefited and drawn slick, sick pleasure from. Look at the Epstein client list. Know what I'm talking about here. Sub Tom Hanks. So now we have a pushback that's changing that up, and I love it. The film is based on the true story of former government agent Tim Ballard, who quits his job working for the feds in order to skirt up the, the skirt of bureaucracy that comes along with going overseas to rescue children from human traf- traffickers. Pardon me. The studio held a goal of selling two million tickets on its opening day, in its opening week, to represent the number of kidnapped children across the globe. On July 4th, Sound of Freedom brought in 14 million, while the newest Indiana Jones film only earned 11.5 million. La 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 la. Uh, disparity is only worse by the time you're watching this video, I guarantee it. According to the Post Millennial. Wow, Daily Mail site in the Post Millennial. The film, also starring Miranda Sorvino, is played at 2,600 theaters across the country and has earned a largely positive review, uh, positive reviews, even from critics who are not fully on board with studios uh, with the studio's apparent cultural alignment. Oh well, good on them for actually seeing past that. The movie currently holds an 88% on uh, 88% fresh score from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 100%. Uh, from audience, a 100% audience score. Quote, let's assume that, like me, you're not right wing, a right-wing fundamentalist conspiracy theorist looking for a dark, faith-based suspense film to see over the holiday weekend, wrote Va- Vanity's Owen Gilberman. Quote, even then, you needn't hold extreme beliefs to experience The Sound of Freedom as, as a compelling movie that shines an authentic light on one 
of the crucial criminal horrors of our time. One that Hollywood has mostly shied away from. Yeah, because Hollywood has too many people who benefit off of it. I.e. Epstein. Part of the early... Anyone Oprah's friends with, really. Part of the early success of films... Of the film is owed to the studio's uh, propriety pay... Uh, pay it for technology, which allows moviegoers to purchase tickets for others who may not otherwise be able to see the film. That's what I was talking about in the beginning. Interesting. I like that. So I will definitely be throwing a picture that I took myself. The Sound of Freedom ra- uh, racked up more than $10 million in pre-sale according to Variety. Nice. This kind of looks like the guy who worked for the Biden administration just got arrested. Yeah, good stuff. Based out of Provo, Utah, Angel Studios rose from the ashes of Vivid Angel, a streaming service that filtered objectable, objectionable content out of movies and streamed those films online for customers. So basically a Christianly edited filming streaming service. Got it. Several major studios, including Disney, sued the company into bankruptcy. The original owner ended up selling it after agreeing to pay the studios $10 million. Oh, shit. Now that's funny. It was also Disney that passed the distribution of Sound of Freedom, leading the filmmaker to buy back the rights and approach Angel Studios. That's, again, this. so the amount of full circle here is actually quite poetic. The uh, four Harmon brothers, Neil, Jeff, Jordan, and Daniel, co-founded the studio, which had several major successes, including The Chosen, a serialized drama about the life of Jesus, which raised more than $100 million through fan funding to cover several seasons of production costs. I had heard of it. I've never seen it, though. I, 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 I never really heard good or bad things about it. I just kind of know, know it existed through word of mouth. But no one kind of talked to me in a way that made them seem like overly interested in it. But I, 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 no one seemed to hate it. So there's that. I'm just trying to give you an honest review based on what I've heard so far and what I've seen. For this film, the studio raised five million for its print and advertising budget. Harmon and Jared Geasley, the studio's SVP of global dis- uh, distribu- uh, distribution, agreed that the film's Tuesday performance exceeded the expectations that was not altogether a surprise precisely because of their crowdfunding model, comprised of a small-dollar donor to previous uh, uh, previous projects. Angel Studios consulted a group of 100,000 people known as the Angel Guild about the film before they decided to distribute it. Harmon and Geasley said... They uh, they were bullish about the movie's chances, not just because of the quality and renaissance, <laughs> but because it had already been the focus of group, uh, been focus grouped, a strategy they uh, they plan to conti- uh, they plan to continuing they plan to continuing employing they continue employing where possible you meant to say. Oh, let's look at the chick from the boys. I was confused for a couple of seconds. 
The movie's debut has also helped establish Angel Studios as a hub for not just faith-based content, but a wider variety of stories. The studio projects will be faith-friendly, Geasley told DailyMail.com. He added, and it must really piss off people like Ben Shapiro that this studio came up and out of fucking nowhere and just blew their ass out of the fucking water. That's great. I find that funny. Get pissed on, Ben. Lol. He added, It means any religion, but the studio heads want to branch out to a number of other themes so long as they amplify light. The motto the team uses to select and guide their pro- their projects. Curious what that means. It's a little vague. Angel's crowdfunding model is integral to what the company's leader uh, leaders feel is their core mission, building a community around their content and establishing a committed base of fans who feel connected to the stories and the company. Quote, every major studio wants an IP with a very passionate community. We know that the power of community and... Uh, we know the power of community and can also build one from the ground up. It's less to do with money and more to do with the community, said Geasley. Something you would ideally hope the church would be about more. (laughs) Pardon me. Alright. Sorry. There is a little reason to ditch... Uh, the studio doesn't have any plans to back away from the crowdfunding model anytime soon. There is a little reason to ditch the model for a more big-budget studio setup. Grassroots investors in multiple angel projects have been paid back amounts worth of 120% of their initial investments. Now, that's the investment. Like, that's the kind of shit. Like, like I said, if I was stupid rich, I would just be culture jamming. Like, insane amounts. Uh, have been paid back worths of 120% of their er- initial investment, according to the studio executives. That's nice. Let's scroll down here to the comments and see what they have to say. Oh, I hate how they do this thing. Anyway. JO521969 from the United Kingdom says, The Guardian describes this movie as being a QAnon conspiracy conspiracy yet back in 2016 they actually wrote an article on how rifle uh rife child sex trafficking was in colombia lol yeah based uh when to see from the maldives says good on you jim caviezel bravo yeah absolutely and vanna says a movie worth watching we never go and see movies anymore but we'll go see this one kudos to the men and women who risked it all to rescue innocent children. Thank you, DM, for the heads up. Alright, folks, that being said, I highly recommend you go see that movie. That QR code's coming up right at the end of this episode. And I shall talk to you guys later. inside four walls and let's get right into it biden seeks stay of judge's social media order saying it could cause grave harm you're right you know what this means this case the judge said 
oh, the White House is allowed to communicate with these social media companies as long as it revolves around things like national emergencies. But is not allowed to communicate with these platforms to tell them what they are allowed to post, allowed to approve what pretty much if there's a PSA you have to get out there, sure, Joe. But when it comes to government manipulation on par with what we've seen in the Twitter files and all that, you absolutely cannot. And Joe Biden says, I demand the right to tell these platforms what to do and to shadow control these platforms and have them be effectively the mouthpieces and echo chambers of any narrative that the deep state and the establishment want to push. Joe Biden is now officially declaring war on the First Amendment. Don't mince words here. I mean everything I just said. This is effectively him declaring war on the First Amendment. Now, let's get into it. It's from the Washington Times. Article is by the AP originally. A Louisiana-based federal judge orders broadly limited executive branches communications with social media companies could cause grave harm by perceiving the government from, quote, by preventing the government, my apologies, from, quote, engaging in vast range of lawful and responsible conduct, the Biden administration attorney said. Of course, that's what they said. In a motion filed Thursday with a federal appeals court, the request to the request to stay the order was the administration's first substantive response to the July 4th ruling by the U.S. District Judge Terry Daughtry, a great band, Daughtry, in Monroe. Daughtry, a conservative nominated to the federal bench by former President Donald Trump. Oh, what? Man, this week has been a bunch of Trump-appointed justices just sticking to the Biden administration, hasn't it? You love it, don't you? Issued an injunction Tuesday blocking multiple government agencies and administration officials from meeting with or contacting social media companies for the purpose of, quote, encouraging, pressuring, or uh, inducing, my apology, in any manner, the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected speech, aka vaccine, uh, mis and disinformation, election mis and disinformation, Hunter Biden mis and disinformation. Basically, say whatever you want, and the federal government is not in line to step in and do jack shit about it. I love it. It's about time. So while you can say, well, you know, Trump was really ineffective on a lot of fronts. You're right. He is. But a lot of these people he's appointed are proving. See, this, it, I give him shit all the time about, about a lot of the people he had working for him and whatnot. But a lot of the people he appointed these long-term positions, they're actually fairly good at what they do. A lot There's a handful of them that fuck up and drop the ball and don't do good. Absolutely not going to disagree or argue with you there. But this is a great thing. The order also prohibits the agency and officials from pursuing social media companies in any manner, uh, in any manner, to try and suppress posts raising questions about what of what officials could even say in public forums. Daughtry's orders block the administration from taking such actions. Pending further arguments in his court in a lawsuit filed by Republican Attorney General. 
in Missouri and Louisiana in their filing Thursday, uh, Thursday night with the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Louisiana. Attorneys led by Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Brian M. Boynton called the order, quote, ambiguous. They said it could prevent the Biden administration from, quote, speaking on matters of public concern and working on social media companies on initiatives to prevent grave harm to the American people in our democratic processes. No, it couldn't. No, it couldn't. Even then, all the phones run on government-approved frequencies, meaning if you really want to get out there, just like Amber Alerts and everything else out there, the president could just send it directly to your phone if it is an emergency type deal. It's really not that deep or that hard of an issue to wrap your head around when you really think about it. They don't need social media or to manipulate social media to warn you about social, uh, warn you about major nat- like natural disasters or concerns. They can use the EMS system and broadcasting. It's really not that fucking deep, fam. You know, same way like I said, Amber Alerts and all that shit kind of work. Hey, uh, listeners in other countries, what is your equivalent of the Amber Alert, or is it just the Amber Alert? I'm curious. Moving on. They said it could prevent the Biden administration from speaking on matters of public concern and working with social media companies on initiatives to prevent grave harm to the American people and our democratic processes. Fuck you. A First off, we're not a democracy, but you want to talk about threats? Let's just replace democracy with tradition. The government is overtly saying we want the right to control social media companies and run private businesses however the fuck we want and tell them to suppress and control and say whatever the fuck we want them to say. And you shouldn't be able to say anything about it. And they're really mad that this judge is saying, no, I'm not going to let you get away with this. At least not for now while I have any power over the situation. And it's good to see. About time again. The pushback is starting to happen. The pushback that I said would happen from the very beginning of the Biden administration is here. It is unfolding before your eyes, folks. Don't run from it. Embrace this moment. They said, "Quote: These immediate and ongoing harms to the government outweigh any risks of injury to plaintiffs if a stay is granted." Good. The federal government should be harmed more in a legal text anyway. They should be held to account. The government should be afraid of us, not the other way around. Politicians should be afraid of what their voters have to say and what they think because the way everything should work, when the voters go to the ballot box, that's when they have the say. That's when they make or break these politicians' power. But it's the other way around. We live in fear of our politicians. We have the ability to just lock down and shut down our country. And now... With all that in the back, within the like in our rearview mirror, the average American citizen wants change. They're mad about it, and they're driving full speed ahead towards the change they're aiming for. Now, critics of the ruling say it could hamper attempts to squelch misinformation on topics including health and elections. The government's job is not to decide what is mis and disinformation. Even then, even then, let's say the Biden administration wins. What happens if somebody you don't like gets in office? All of a sudden, they're using this exact power you just fought for against you. Huh? Then what are you going to do? 
Is it all of a sudden a problem then because it's now officially affecting you? I hate to say it, it'll be way too late by then. Again, these are all little things that people are doing. They're big things, really, but they seem like little things to the normies. And it gives the power more, it gives the government more and more power to overreach and control more and more aspects of our lives. Every every little bit of freedom you give up now is a little bit more freedom your kids and grandkids will never know ever fucking existed. So don't give up any of it. You could say you could uh, conserve them. Moving on. Pathetic. They want the government to control what is mis and disinformation and warn you about elections and stuff. You really want an elected official telling you how elections went? Uh, not down with the cause, my man. Now let's hop over here. This judge's orders have already taken effect as the Biden administration is canceling meetings with these large silicon tech companies. Big tech and its meetings with Joe Biden have been put on hiatus. For example, the State Department cancels Facebook meetings after court order by Ella Lee over here at the Hill. A fucking rag. After the court ruling Tuesday that limited the Biden administration's officials' communications with social media companies, the State Department canceled its regular meeting Wednesday with the Facebook officials, according to the Washington Post. Good. Fuck them. Those meetings, which had been held monthly, and all future ones were canceled pending future guidance. On the ruling by the federal judge in Louisiana, the Post reported... Election, uh, sorry, pardon me real quick, I blew my nose. Election preparations for 2024 and hacking threats were to be discussed at the meeting, according to the report. Oh, what? You mean now the Biden administration wants to talk about elections not being safe and secure when... A poll, well, a couple polls come out showing Joe Bi- uh, Trump outperforming Joe Biden across the board in swing states that will decide the 2020 election if everything goes according to plan. Wild. And that plan being, like, just legit with no fuckery. It's wild. So now Joe Biden wants to talk about election fraud, huh? My, my, how the turntables. The State Department did not immediately... And by the way, that's being a little hyperbolic here. There's every uh, there's every chance they're talking about like just silence people talking about the 2024 election. Ban anyone who wants to talk about it. But let's just get into it. The State Department did not immediately respond to the Hill's request for comment. Facebook and several other social media companies also did not immediately re- reply to requests for comment. U.S. District Judge Terry Daughtry, a Trump appointee, ruled Tuesday the Biden administration officials cannot contact social media companies relating to, quote, in any manner, the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech posted on social media platforms. The decision is a blow to the administration's efforts to curb disinformation online, aka to curb free speech. People have the right to have both sides heard and to engage with both sides and then use their judgment to decide who the better salesman of those ideas was. It's not the government's job. And you don't want them having that kind of power. 
That order came after two Republican attorney generals alleged that the federal officials coordinated and colluded with social media platforms to target disfavored speakers, viewpoints, and content. The result, they said, was, quote, a campaign of censorship executed by the administration. Federal officials in the State Department, FBI, and Justice Department of Health and Human Services and Center for Disease Control and Prevention were directed to cease relevant communications with social media companies. Good. The Justice Department filed a notice of appeals Wednesday evening. A DOJ official said the agency expects to request a stay, and they did. They did request it. We just covered in the first article of the district court's decision expeditiously. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you can't beat them, silence them. Right, Joey? That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. Fight, meme, and just go out there and spread the story as much as you can. If you can, share this episode if you want. Or anyone talking about this. Or, hey, even better, make your own episode about this. If you don't like the way I do it, or if you like the way I do it, but think you could do it better, do it! I encourage you. We need as many voices out there as possible. Sure, you get more of the pie. I don't care. I want all of you to go out there and make podcasts and shows and far exceed me in quality, production, and views, and subscriptions. If every one of you who listen to this show went out, started doing a podcast, and got a million subscribers, and I stayed here my little ass amount, I would be thrilled. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been James Manson, and I shall talk to you guys later, unless I'm silenced. Back inside four walls now. Let's read between the lines for an update about the Hunter Biden. I mean the bag of cocaine found in the White House. Its location has magically changed, by the way. That's happened twice since the last time we talked about this. Its location seems to have just changed, and it gets more and more towards the intimate parts of the White House. Let's continue on. White House cocaine was found near the Situation Room and not in the West Wing. What? Wild. West Wing visitor entrance. Drug story changes for the second time. As Secret Service now says, dime bag was found in a more secure location. Cocaine was found near the West... Oh my god. Executive entrance. New report says, That entrance is used by officials, visitors, and celebrities. It sits off the executive driveway where VP Harris Motorcade is parked. The same motorcade that keeps getting a car accident. I'm sure it's unrelated. By Emily Gooden, senior U.S. political reporter. 
published July 6th, and it was updated. A new twist has emerged in the investigation of the cocaine discovered at the White House on Sunday. It was actually found in a different location. The bag of powder was found in a cubby near the White House West Executive entrance, not the formal West Wing lobby. NBC reported citing the sources. The entrance, which is in the West Wing, on, uh, but on the floor below the lobby, is also a heavily trafficked area. A description, a description, uh, yeah, White House official have used as a way to explain their doubts. The culprit will be found. Well, we already know who it is, it's just we don't legally know if the person we know it is is who we think it is. Numerous details about the investigation have been changed. Originally, dispatchers sent to the White House on Sunday, ow, to investigate the substance said it was found in the library. Then it was reported to be in the West Wing lobby. By the time I got to it, it was the West Wing lobby. Now it's reported to be on the floor below the lobby. Wild. In an area used by staff officials, visitors, and VIPs. They're going to they're gonna get rid of Joe Biden. Like, come on. This is all building up towards something. Joe Biden is so uncomfortable. He got asked about it. He went, ha, ha, ha. I got to go. When asked about it. The West Executive's entrance sits on the West Executive Drive. The driveway between the West Wing of the White House and the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. That drive is where Vice President Kamala Harris motorcade parks and where senior staff have parking spaces. Senior staff and the Vice President go to work in the West Wing through that door. It's also the entrance used by, by VIPs for their private meetings in the West Wing. Kim Kardashian used it when she had a White House meeting with, uh, during the Trump administration. Other official visitors and those on the West Wing tours also use the entryway, which sits on the same floor as the Situation Room. The investigation continues into the discovery of the cocaine, and, it's ex- and it is expected... To be wrapped up by Monday, NBC reported. We'll see what comes of it. With Secret Service, the Secret Service is leading the probe, including looking into security cameras and visitor logs. The agency also is carrying out fingerprints and DNA analysis of a baggie. The administration officials are downplaying the chances of finding the person who left it in one of the most secure areas in the White House. Which area? Which one of the areas? Very cool building. Not gonna lie though. Press Secretary Jean Pierre implied in her daily briefing on Wednesday that a member of the public left the Schedule A substance. Big fucking doubt. In a heavily traveled area, which is also not true, by the way. It's not a heavily traveled area. Of the West Wing. The office space that includes the Oval Office and an area for her staff. Despite repeated questions, she refused to get into hypotheticals about the investigation and insisted that the Secret Service would find the culprit who abandoned the drugs while the while Biden and Son Hunter were at Camp David for the weekend, supposedly at Camp David. They wouldn't know they were at Camp David till like half a day afterwards, so uh, 
The substance was found during a routine security sweep on Sunday evening and tested positive as a drug. Jean-Pierre noted the West Wing sees a lot of foot traffic, but it wasn't found in the West Wing, right? Its location has moved, so why are we talking about the West Wing so much? Uh, the West Wing is active center for the White House. Not only do West Wing tours go through the area, but any officials who have appointments with senior White House staff or the president check in at the lobby. Quote, this is a heavily, heavily trafficked area. Heavily traveled to be more accurate. An area of the campus of the White House. And it is where visitors of the West Wing come. Jean-Pierre said, quote, I don't, I just don't have anything else. I'm not going to speculate on whose it was. She also pointed out West Wing tours, which can be conducted by staff, were conducted over the weekend, including Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and she said the White House was not involved in the investigation, expressing confidence that the Secret Service would get the job done. Quote, We have confidence the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this, she added. Oof. is an ad or the actual video as you know this is under the preview of the secret service uh, they are currently investigating uh, what happened over the weekend so i would have to refer you uh, to the secret first the secret service on all of this but one thing that i can That's share that ugly I'll, fucking that I'll, haircut. Uh, share a little bit or more information as you know the, the the president and the first lady and their family were not here this weekend as you all reported on this and as you also know that they left on friday and returned just yesterday uh, where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a heavily traveled area where many White House, uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area. I just don't have anything more to share. It is under investigation by the Secret Service. This is in their purview, and so we're going to allow uh, certainly the investigation to continue, and we have confidence that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this. Go ahead. The President said, hey, let's get to the bottom of what happened here. Well, I, mean, I just said that we have confidence that the Secret Service is going to get to the bottom of this, as you all know. The President follows all the reporting here, uh, and he certainly was briefed by his staff on everything that we know so far, but the Secret Service is investigating this, is investigating what happened over the weekend, and we have confidence that they will get to the bottom of this. All right, moving on. Uh, hold on. Alright. The discovery of the substance on Sunday led to a brief closure of the White House complex on Sunday. Biden and his family were not at the White House then. We'll see how that checks out in time. I just, I just don't buy that. Biden's, along with their son Hunter and various grandchildren, spent the holiday uh, <laughs> weekend at Camp David, returning to Washington, D.C. on Tuesday for the 4th of July Celebration on the South Lawn, where it looks suspiciously like Hunter Biden did a bump of coke. The controversy proved a shadow, proved a shadow on the holiday as questions remain about the substance entered, uh, how the substance entered the White House, and who may have brought it. The West Wing area includes the Oval Office, offices for the President's executive staff, cabinet room, Roosevelt room, and press briefing room where dozens of members of the White House uh, press corps gather for work every day. Now this goes on here. Check out the comments real quick. Oh, where'd they go? where they go? Hold on. Hold on. I had to have this set up down here. Okay, let's just read these. One, two, three, four. Slappyhead from London says, 
No doubt the Secret Service will soon claim the powdery substance is actually no more than Sherbert Dip Dip Dap. Dip Sherbert Dip Dap? What the fuck is a Sherbert Dip Dap? Sounds delicious. I love Sherbert. Yeah, probably. Uh, UK 101, again, London. Good job. They have, good job. They have cameras. Yeah, and a lot of fucking good cameras did for Epstein, right? Uh, Easter 1957-1 from Manchester. Don't believe a word that comes out of the White House. Since Biden became president, it's lost all credibility. That it lost a lot way before him, gained some, and then lost it all again with him. JC503 from Orlando, United States. Lamau Hunter probably told them that it looks like a dime bag. That's funny. That's funny. That famous that picture that's going around of Joe Biden sitting there on the steps of the White House with his his head in his hands, all this fireworks fire off in the background. He's probably just thinking, that was my coke. That being said, this has been inside four walls. I've been your students Madison and I will catch you guys later. This is an interesting little story. Hey, welcome back to the show. Let's get right into it. White House Press Secretary answers 2% of Biden's scandal questions, a study shows. Oh, I jokingly, like a month ago, made a joke. I'm like, I bet she only answers like 5% of the questions she's ever asked anyway. And even of that 5%, they're all scripted questions for the most part anyway, unless somebody yells one particularly loud or she accidentally calls on the wrong person and is just caught on live. So let's watch this little video and get into this little article. Admittedly, this article is by Lee Brown. Why is there a voicemail of the president talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? If Peter Doocy. He's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings. Well, first I'll say that uh, what the president said stands. So if he if that's what the president said that he, that is what stands and you second secondly but secondly secondly i think you're clear how is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? we're not from this podium i am not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop so i will i'm not voice on the voicemail? i'm not going to talk about alleged materials on the laptop are it's you not happening then that it is not peter i refer you to uh to his son's representative that's funny moving on pull this a little bit back all right white house press secretary cringe jean pierre has answered just two percent of the questions put to her this year about president biden's scandals including just one about alleged allegations of corruption involving disgrace for son hunter according to a damning study. Stay tuned for an upcoming update about the cocaine. The Media Research Center, MRC. By the way, I'm recording this at 3.45 a.m. So by the time you see these, these story, understand that I'm recording this early a.m. And sometimes they're recorded like a day before they go up just because of technical difficulties, apparently. Moving on. The Media Researcher Center, MRC, analyzed all of the administration's pat 
press briefings over the first six months of this year, noting a sharp contrast with the president's pledge to, quote, bring transparency and truth back to the government. Stark contrast from Kaylee McEnany who walked out there a big binder of uh, easily accessible uh, sources versus the press that had no sources. In that time, Biden's spokeswoman was asked 252 questions about either the president's mishandling of classified documents or the corruption allegations being investigated by the House committees. The watchdog said of those 252 queries, just six, a measly 2% got a definitive answer, the analysis noted. She's not a very good spin doctor. All but one of those were related to the box, the boxes of docs, with four of those five answers vague references to Jean-Pierre's own knowledge of events rather than the president's. That's funny. The press secretary was asked about various claims of corruption at least 35 times, replying just once. The MRC report noted of another 2% response rate. That was on June 13th when Jean-Pierre quoted Biden's notorious dismissal of the alleged audio recordings catching him accepting Burisma bribes while Vice President tied to his 53-year-old son, former drug addict son, by the way, as malarkey. Remember when his original campaign motto was no malarkey and everybody made fun of him, so he dropped it and his campaign's motto changed to uh, build back better, which was a stolen EU Boris Johnson campaign phrase, which was actually a stolen World Economic Forum cash phrase, originally used by Kerry in like 2008 and Klaus Schwab at some point supposedly before that. Yeah... And even then, build back better when you're an American candidate, when the guy before you had make America great again, you're sort of sounding like a Walmart watered-down piece of shit Shasta remake. Anyway, continuing on, the trend has continued this month, with Jean-Pierre bluntly refusing to say if the president accepts Hunter's love child as his granddaughter. Oh, I really should talk about that. It's been, I haven't done an update on that since like the original shit like a year ago. Anyway, it's not just Biden's spokeswoman ignoring the mounting scandals. In the first half of the year, none of the big three broadcast news networks, ABC, CBS, or NBC, have spent a solitary second on any of the murky questions that surround the Biden's finances, the MDC said. Now, you wonder why so many people just have no clue what's going on out there. That's why. It's because they're actively not getting to hear it. Now, let's check out these comments real quick. James Bondo. Amazing. Since she does not answer questions, and the ones she does answer are ridiculous answers, why does the press press keep up the charade? The only logical answer is that the press is in the tank for Biden. Duh. Though some of them are getting there asking real questions now. Ray from Delaware. Wouldn't it be refreshing if the entire press corps stopped attending the White House briefing? Send a message. Stop, Stop playing us for the stooges you think we are. When you want to be serious about what is going on in this country, we will too. Stop the charade is right. Last two. Uh, Thrown Together says, I'm impressed. For Democrats, a 2% honesty rate is a big deal. 
Fry Guy says, she just answered 2% of the time. Honestly, still is a consistent zero. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. This is some great comments, and I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>